With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the 28th episode of the FPL Wire, powered by Dreamset Go. I'm your host, Zofa. We are recording ahead of Game Week 29, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Late Riser. How's it going, buddy? Uh, going good. Enjoy the performance that India had last uh, yesterday. I mean, it was a great performance. Uh, tour of England generally and thought it was very competitive cricket. Enjoyed watching that. Close game. Even the F1 race was really close. So yeah, a good day to be just just be a sports fan. I enjoyed that. It was nice. And enjoying a little bit of break. You know, there's a conversation on Twitter happening about you and all of that. I'm enjoying just participating in that and not, uh, you know, watching football. I think it got too much and I think all of us are welcoming this break. How's the break been for you, Zof? Good. Very relaxing. I've not been on Twitter much. Just been catching up on shows. Finally started watching Line of Duty. Really enjoying that. That's been fun. And generally catching up on video games, spending time with family. Nice, nice. Yeah, good time for the both of you uh, to catch that international break. Uh, break at the back of an 83-point free hit. I won't lie, I was feeling a little bit of jealousy and FOMO. Because uh, both of you all were catching all the hauls there were to catch. And I had Bale instead of Son, uh, the guy who was fit, which is why I wasn't able to join you guys. So, yeah, my week was, I mean, as average as the season has been, 46 points. But, uh, you know, that's how uh, the fine margins are when it comes to dictating even a 30-40 point uh, turn in a game week, you know, where if I had a unfit son instead of Bale, I'd probably join you guys. Even uh, all of Friday, I was debating Lukeman versus Trossard in. And whoever I was going to get in, uh, that guy was going to be my captain. And uh, Lukeman was so close to the goal and, uh, you know, skied that shot that he had where he could have easily just tapped that and he was close to another assist as well. And Trossard pulls off an absolute banger from outside the D. And that's how the season has been for me this season. No complaints. Just a little bit of a rant. But yeah, I can't wait for it to get over and start with the yeah, next the, one. The irony that Bale didn't even play. Not surprising considering the narrative of the season for me, hasn't isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, enough about me. You both boys flying with 83 points. How's it going? 
doing good let's talk to bakar bakar how are you doing i'm i'm good zof uh, thanks for having me um yeah the free hit was great um, 83 points it, it's definitely far more than what i um expected when i uh, what what we expected let's talk about how let's i think everyone wants to let's yeah, talk about how we have the same thing let's get that. to that i know why you asking this i'm going to come to that <laughs> so yeah throughout the week i was um 50 50 on whether i should do it or not and um and then a credit to laser for convincing me and to use off as well mm. and then throughout the week we were you know having discussions on you know which players to pick what draft to go for and we ended up with the more or less the same team what do you mean more the, or less it's 15 out of 15 with 15, the exception how, of the the subs order we had more or less the same team and um it was uh, it was like i i i like picking my team a uh, team on on numbers so like my my team was particularly stat based and like given how uh, bullish i was in brighton last week i i went with triple brighton and coincidentally uh, you had the same coincidentally so, on wednesday after, after you saw it on wednesday after i sent you the draft on wednesday i coincidentally had the same team of course <laughs> but uh, yeah you get some popcorn boys um, <laughs> like i i must admit i um i got a bit lucky um because um had fraser scored that goal where he had that chance and hit the post or had lingard not had a, you know um an absolute banger of a game i it pro- probably wouldn't have looked that good on paper but i'm glad how it worked out and, i don't think the i don't think the fraser thing was uh, lucky i mean you expect that sort of a half chance in every game in against any opposition he struck it beautifully and i was watching the games off was was asleep at the point and and, and he told me he didn't have the heart to watch the game i will i nearly had a heart attack when whenever <laughs> you know the whenever the ball used to go in the brighton half i it was a terrible watch honestly. but newcastle didn't offer much outside of uh, that you know so I, I, that's what i'm saying i don't think it was yeah, lucky that's was, true yeah. that's true you expected yeah. the game to play out in a certain way i, I think it played out exactly that way uh, the shani the evil eyes of brighton and they scored three goals that's what happened yeah, out of i think 0.9 xg i think it went yeah. the other way yeah, around crossards actually yeah. uh, uh, like crossards goal had had an xg of like 0.03 and he scored yeah. so like that just yeah. sums it up they yeah. were due some luck and and, and that reverting exactly. to the mean like simon march yeah. said in his article this week exactly Yeah. What now? Let's let's let that FPL take a back seat. There's a, there's a big day tomorrow, Bakar. Your big day, your birthday. What what plans? I'm curious to know. Yeah, I um I I turn twenty twenty seven tomorrow. It's um I wanted the day off, so thank you guys for taking uh, you know uh, accepting. You're twenty uh, seven. I thought you were much younger. You said I'm double your age. I'm thirty seven. Mm-hmm. I'm at double your age, Mr. Numbers. <laughs> At least ten years younger, uh, elder <laughs> to me. Despite that, don't digress. I want to know what your plans are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I I was supposed to go out with the family and then had a dinner planned with uh, with friends uh, tomorrow night. But I'm not sure whether that's going to go ahead because of the COVID uh, outbreak. Uh, we we might have a lockdown tomorrow. Um, but uh, I have some backups in in mind, and let's see how how they. What go. do you, What do you mean backups? I'm uh, chilling at a friend's place or something. Ooh, nice Netflix and chill. ஒரு <laughs> 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 
very good territory i'm sure like triple digit or anything of that sort is playing on your mind nothing in total like you said like i mentioned earlier i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing i know there's been a lot of talk about eo but i like you know this week but i'm not really getting much into that i just play how i play and whatever it ends up it probably i just wanted to better my finish of last season where i think was 52k so i think that should happen either way Nice, nice, nice. Exciting though. I mean, sure, there must be a fair amount of emotion involved at that stage. It's always exciting. I mean, I know how how things can go wrong. Yet, if this was closer to thirty six, thirty seven, then maybe. But now there's a lot of time left. A lot of people have chips to play. So not cautiously optimistic is how I would say the tone is. All right. I'm hoping you hit at least triple digit. Good luck. Hoping so. It would only be yeah. this. I think second time in the top one k. So that would be nice. Nice, nice. Right. Let's kick off then. Quick word about our sponsors. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits, everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences which includes masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. You can find links to the products in the description below. The FPL wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout network and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already. Also as you guys already know we started uh the FPL wire league. I'm just going to read out the league code for you guys. The league code is DOC0YG. You should definitely join this league because the winner uh, the manager of the week every game week gets a shout out from all the celebrities featuring on dreamset go we we have to announce the winners of the last two game weeks in game week 28 we had chakradhar tamma and in game week 29 we had stephen odonohau winning the manager of the week and they win shout outs from dalima chibber and mayanti nangar respectively now the winner in game week 30 first of all he gets bucker's phone number we promise you will get that and in addition to that they get a shout out from India's star squash player Deepika Palikkar. She's represented our country since the age of 50 years, and she's won a lot of medals in the Commonwealth as well as the Asian Games. Uh, the the winner in Game Week 31, I think the Kiwis should set up their team well for Game Week 31 because the winners in Game Week 31 get a shout out from Scott Sarris. I'll just take you guys through the agenda for today. Uh, we're going to start as usual with Bucker's stats. Uh, after that, we're just going to have a brief look back at Game Week 29 and the FA Cup results and what our learnings were from those eight games. After that, uh, this is uh, sort of a different, unstructured pod where we're going to just roll through about twelve, thirteen questions coming from the Twitter community and just look at the fixture ticket. Generally, just a breather and how we're looking at the last eight game weeks. After that, we have the hot fixtures, captains, and then our teams. So, Bakar, we start with your stats. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, so, the first stat this week I have for our listeners and viewers is regarding Sheffield United and how their numbers have have collapsed over the past four matches. I run a comparison uh, between their season averages uh, this season and between the uh, the stats that I have noticed over the past four matches. Uh, so, their big chances conceded per game have risen alarmingly from two point three to four four point eight. um so they're on average they're conceding almost like five big chances per game over the past four matches 
which is an incredible amount. And it's something which is worth keeping an eye on for FPL managers, because this tells us, you know, that uh, they might be a worth, uh, team worth targeting um, as far as our uh, attackers are concerned. Similarly, their XG conceded per game has almost doubled from 1.4 to 2.7. And they, um, they're ranked uh, 20th for both big chances conceded per game and XG conceded per game over the past four matches as well. What the is telling immediate, here is... Yeah, the immediate sure. implication uh, with this is, I think it's, it's a big point of conversation for Game Week 30 captaincy. Because you have Kane up against Newcastle and then you're, you're, you're reading out these stats. I mean, five big chances a game. On average, yeah. that's ridiculous. Zoff, does it at all convince you to shift that armband from Kane? Not necessarily, because I don't know. They have a new manager and all that, so it's definitely a good argument. To but I wouldn't. I don't think there's anything reason to shift it from Kane just yet. Just like with how bad Newcastle were, also last right. week, and plus you have Hayden also who's injured. The one guy who was actually putting in decent performances. Bakar, you're in agreement. What's your thinking? Um, he doesn't have yeah, Kane, I, by I, the way. I oh, think I don't own Kane, by the way. Yeah, but I I think I, I even if I did, I'd still probably go with the Leeds one. Um, I I have some more reasons for that, so I'll come to those. Um, over the past four games, Sheffield United are further um, worst among all teams in the league for errors leading to chances created, which is which is another very important stat to note. You know, it, because it sort of tells you that uh, when a team is making errors, so many errors, you know, uh, in recent times, it tells me that they've kind of given up. Um, I. Also, Leeds are one of those teams which are a prime example of enforcing the other teams to make errors given the pressing yeah. that they do. So Exactly, exactly. It's at Leeds though, keep in mind, it's not at Sheffield United. That's yeah, that at pitch. Home, at home, a pitch and in general, if you look at the results at home, they've been worse than they've been away, right? That's, it's the whole season that's yeah. been a pattern. Yeah, it's so, so more, pitch, more, more on this point that you mentioned. So sucks. Yeah, more on this point than you mentioned, Zoff. 25% of uh, Rafinha's goals and assists and 39% of uh, Bamford's goal and assists have come um, at home this season. So that's not a very huge number. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, it, it still doesn't convince me to uh, put the armband on uh, Kane. And uh, sorry, take the armband away from Kane. I'm firmly in the Kane captaincy uh, camp this week. Uh, also, because of we'll talk about it later when we talk about the FA Cup results. But I, I managed to catch that uh, game Sheffield United versus Chelsea, and Sheffield United in that second half gave Chelsea a fight and a half. They looked disciplined. They could have scored a goal or two in that game. So I saw positive signs in that exactly. game. Yeah. Are there any close to appointing a manager? They have already got the Jason Tindall guy from Bournemouth. I saw him in the dugout. He wasn't uh, managing the team. He was in the background, but I think he's pretty much joined as part of the setup. Fair enough. Um, so now the big question is who to captain, whether you know it should be Bamford or Rafinha given given these numbers. So now I run a comparison between Bamford and Rafinha over the past eight matches. Uh, shots in the box are pretty close. Bamford is 16, Rafinha with 14. Big chances. Bamford is 5, Rafinha is 2. Big chances created, Rafinha is far better. 6 for Rafinha compared to Bamford's 1. But the most telling stat for me here is the expected goal involvement over the past eight matches. So Bamford has an expected goal involvement of 2.91, while Rafinha has an expected goal involvement of 4.87. So that tells me that Rafinha is far likely to be involved when, um, whenever leads are to score. However, having said that, I realize that Bamford is on penalties. And another thing I noticed about Sheffield United's numbers is that they are worse for chances conceded down the middle over the past four matches, which bodes well for, for the guy who's playing striker, who's basically Bamford. 
um, it's it's tough to say who's the better pick between the two, but I think Rafinha slightly edges it um, on the basis of the fact that he gets the you know an extra point for a goal and a clean sheet. But I don't think Bamford is a bad shout either. Mm. There's an interesting stat on Black Box today. How many double-digit hauls do you think Rafinha has had all season? Not too many. He, no, I there was one at Newcastle, I remember. Yeah. Um, the reason for lack of one at, there was one at West Brom, I think. Uh, was it that? No, I, I think know. that was an eight pointer or Maybe. nine pointer. But I think it's I, I think it's one or two. My memory is not that great. But, I, yeah, but I think it's 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 one or two because of the sheer amount. Of, he's he's basically Brighton two point oh in terms of the sheer amount yeah. of points dodging he's done. Exactly. He's created so many chances for Bamford and his other teammates absolutely, absolutely. on the plate like. All three of us could have finished those chances. He's been underperforming for sure. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been unlucky. Like I, I don't see any other reasoning for that. He's been unlucky, and his uh, teammates aren't really uh, elite team, uh, elite finishers. I, I, I think those two factors. Exactly. It's not even underperformance. It's just being unlucky. Yeah. yeah, unlucky and not having really like leads are a team that are doing so well because of the sum of the parts rather than the parts themselves, right? That's that's what BLSA is yeah. doing. So, I think the finishing ability of his teammates isn't that high. So, yeah. Zoff, I, I, I just rechecked, by the way. It's just one. Uh, just one, right? Yeah, yeah. Against against Newcastle. Right. I think one Bamford has had four. Yeah. Yeah. But Rafinha deserve more. If you, if based on eye test and based on Analyzing the games and actually what you've seen. No, correct. I Rafinha just wanted to say did. something to offset the data, like you know. So the, it is yeah. like a school of thought for both. Yeah, yeah. Agree, agree, agree. And you can't um, discount that, right? Like even if you're looking at the data, you can't discount the fact that Rafinha is creating chances for poor teammates. I mean, if you think about that game two or three game weeks ago, he created three chances on the plate for Cooper. Set pieces. I mean, he was right in front of the goal and he just missed those headers. I remember many such occasions when it comes mm. to Rafinha. So, yeah, I, ju- I just think it's bad luck for him. Yeah, so the second stat I have this week is, is regarding Jesse Lingard. So, I posted this on Twitter, um, I think, a week or so ago. And and, and I, I got slated by a lot of uh, Lingard uh, fanboys on the Twitter community, which is, uh, which is obvious. There um, are Lingard fanboys. Yeah. I, I did not know that, but okay. <laughs> Um, it's worth. I'm one of them, by the way. Remember, this was one of the players we debated, Bakar, on the free hit. You convinced me to go for him, so I mean, yeah. Thanks for casually and conveniently bringing it up, so that <laughs> I get to thank you yet again for my free hit success. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bakar! You're really uh, rolling it in. Anyways. It's worth noting that Lingard has eight goal involvements in, 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 in his past seven matches, despite a me- meager expected goal involvement of just 3.27. Um, and even that um, is inflated um, with a penalty, which he probably won't be taking any time again because we know that Declan Rice is on penalties and a, a point-blank uh, tap-in from the rebound. So his actual XGI without the penalty is, is, kind of, is more or less like two. And he has like eight involvements, so that tells you how much he's, he's overperforming. Um, and these numbers comfortably make him the most uh, overperforming player in the league since he has joined. Um, this is kind of a surprise because I was looking at his numbers throughout the majority of his career, and he's he's always underperformed on his on his xG. Uh, and this is why I think his his output is is likely to be highly sustainable. Um, looking at the upcoming fixtures for West Ham, they now face Wolves away, Leicester at home, Chelsea at home in three of their next four matches. Um, Wolves at home, Leicester away, and Chelsea away are all ranked in the top five for XG considered respectively over the season. 
which is why i don't think i'd be sort of in a in an absolute rush to bring lingard in my side uh, regardless of his form because i i do think that even though he's offering good value for his price i don't think he'll be able to you know return at such a clip uh, given the fixtures that he has coming up i think we, we i was intending on discussing this later but it, it serves as a good point to have the discussion because that 6 million ish midfield bracket there's a lot of people uh, competing to you know find a place in your team at that price point i mean for example in my head i'm rating a jota higher than a lingard for this run in that we're about to get uh gundogan's competing for that price point rafinha is competing for that price point in a game week neto has a great run of fixtures he's competing at that price point so where do, where do you place lingard in this mid price midfielder bracket at the moment i would actually place lingard higher than those guys purely because of a motivation and b like you know the form like like i can understand what bucker is saying it's been unsustainable but if you watch the games there's something the vibe you get about lingard there's a body language there's something that comes off about him that just shows that he's in a bit of a purple patch right now so i don't think the mm. fixtures really matter i think west ham all those fixtures you could back west ham to score a goal or two maybe not the chelsea one but the others at least and i'm not as convinced i am by neto yet like i know yeah, the fixtures are good and all that stuff but i only time like you know you neto in an easy fixture i wouldn't feel as confident and as him getting returns as i would in lingard which in itself seems like a funny thing to say the only one i mean the only argument i have with the points that you mentioned is that i definitely have jota above uh, lingard everything else is debatable uh, that, that depends a lot on the champions league right and like how we i've been monitoring the international minutes jota has been scoring in the international break as well he's doing well yeah. for portugal but that real madrid game is huge now for liverpool Now let's say, I hope and Klopp admitted also. Klopp, Klopp actually said in a press conference that uh, they don't have a very realistic chance of getting Champions League qualification from their league position, which was quite surprising. Precisely. So what I would rather do is I would wait to see how the Champions League tie pans out, and if Liverpool go, then Jota is straight in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Bakar, how do you rate these mid-price midfielders? Where where are you at? Yeah, Is I think Jota Jota is is probably a, a better option. Uh, Rafinha, in my opinion, is is top of the list. Uh, personally, uh, speaking even of Hito, I, even I, despite I, having the fixtures, City, right? Liverpool, United back, I, I think if you have him, he's worth keeping. I won't be in a rush yeah. to sell him. As a, as a, um, that way, because if you want wildcard, what do you have? Let's uh, let's have that point of view as well, because you know yeah. a lot of people so, wildcarding in thirty and thirty-one. So, so it's. Yeah, I still think I'd probably go with Jota. I don't think I would. I would pick Rafinha on wild card. So right. you can have two six million midfielders, six to seven million, let's say, on wild card. Which two would you pick? If I was playing in uh, with an uh, like with a playable front eight, I would definitely go with uh, Jota and Rafinha. I, yeah. I'd just bench Rafinha, Rafinha for these fixtures and play him later on. That's what I'm planning to do. Bring in Ian Acho next few weeks, and then yeah. he covers for Rafinha. Exactly. None of y'all uh, are looking at uh, Bukayo Saka. No. Also, just a name we forgot to mention because their run is also incredible. Sheffield United. I, I know, but the problem in. there is the rotation, and I don't trust Arteta. I, I just think he's going to rotate. Um, and and coming to NATO, you guys were discussing NATO. I was I was the, reading an article on uh, Fancy Football Scout. I don't remember who the the author of the who who wrote it. of the article was but i i was reading a stat that uh, wolves have had scored like seven goals in their past 10 matches and two of them were penalties and one was an was an own goal 
So it's not as if their their attack is you know is that great. And one an additional thing that I've noticed in their numbers is that they've shifted from um, uh, from the formation that uh, Nuno was trying four two three one, and now he's back to the tried and tested three four three since game week twenty. And ever since he's playing that three four three, they've defensively they're they're sort of more solid, but their attacking numbers have absolutely slumped. And okay. and I don't think that NATO, despite the fixtures, is is you know as good as uh, an option as the likes of Rafinha or Jota. None of so both of you would also just revisiting that Gundogan is a drop then on wildcard or you have him as a third midfielder in that price bracket. Mm, I drop. I drop, drop him as well. I think so. Yeah. You think he plays the Dortmund games and doesn't play the Leeds game? Yeah, mm. I think it's he's a serious risk. I think he plays Leicester, but he doesn't play Leeds because he's right. keep in mind he's played two out of two games also in the international break so I'd monitor his minutes in the third game if he plays that probably see him playing Leicester than Dortmund because the thing with the Leeds game right is so physically tiring that's what Pep also mentioned is literally the worst game to have between a Champions League tie yeah good point that good point that yeah I, I'd, uh, I'd also have uh, I'm in agreement with uh, you boys on all counts I'd have Jota Maybe Rafinha, I'd be tempted to go for Saka instead if we are playing a front eight, like you mentioned here, because there's so many, so many people offering value. You don't necessarily need a nailed asset at the moment, and I feel like Saka's fixtures are, are somewhat not. Uh, you can't try maybe ignore them, so he'd be in that uh, position instead of Rafinha for mm. me. If I have him, I wouldn't sell for sure yeah, because that's, that's uh, for sure. Leeds end the season really well, so you want to hold on to them. There's no yeah. problem. The thing with Saka is Arsenal are so Jekyll and Hyde, right? That's the problem. No, I think they're on the back of a good run. I think the momentum is with them. I mean, a big North London derby victory, a convincing North London derby victory against Spurs. They had a good result in the Europa and then they showed something which Arsenal don't usually show, you know, coming back from three goals behind and looking like, I thought they were the ones that looked likelier to win that game. Right, what a he, game. But you saw both sides of Arsenal that match. That's the point yeah, like yeah. I was making. You can see both sides of Arsenal during a game. Yeah, so. I, you can, but I think the momentum will be more positive than negative when it comes to I mean, Arsenal. I just and think they're better choices. Saka yeah. would be like number three, number four in my list, not in the top three, maybe. Now for me, he's up there because he's matching Aubameyang, who is, a lot of people are looking at Oba for this run and I don't even think he's nil to play because, uh, I think it's between Oba and Laka for the striker spot. And I think Arsenal in general look like a better team when they've got the three young ones in midfield offering the creativity. They just and look better better Laka when Saka… Laka doing a fantastic job as well. Yeah. And you, if you saw the West Ham game, Oba didn't offer anything on that. He, he's Terrible. exactly a… Terrible. He's not, he's not a creative guy, right? I feel like uh, ESR offers so much more on that side. So, I feel like… I don't think Oba is a good pick for the run-in because I think it's between Oba and Laka for that one position. Right. The, spot. the thing for yeah. me, uh, LR, when 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 it comes to Arsenal is that I've noticed that their um, attacking numbers have, have been really consistently good since that win uh, against um, Chelsea. Was it? I don't remember the game week, but it's been quite a while. The the, the game which they won three one at the yeah. Emirates. So, since yeah. then, their 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 numbers have been really good. Uh, so and what I like about Saka for XG. Right up there. I have no doubts regarding Saka as a pick, and I really value him. And I think he's a he's a great uh, option for that price. The only thing which worries me is the rotation. That's, yeah, that's there the is going to be rotation, but that's what I'm saying. I take that risk and go with Saka or Rufino because even when it comes to Arsenal, right? Now you think about the way they're playing the game. Uh, a lot of the chances they are creating is from that left hand side where ESR and Tierney are combining together. And when they're competing, uh, you know, when they're creating from that side, Saka's always in the box when the ball is coming in from that side. So he's always in a goal scoring position as well, which is why his underlinings are, underlines are so uh, strong as well. So yeah, just making that case mm -hmm. for Bukhara. And I think he's a, he's 
sensational player as well. So yeah, interesting debate because I think the wildcard managers will have that decision where they'll have to pick two or three from this uh, price bracket. It isn't mm-hmm. going to be easy. Especially imagine if now Jack Grealish is fit and enters the discussion as well. Becomes even. Oh, I just can't stop smiling that you could pronounce Aubameyang perfectly, but you went magic. <laughs> There's one part. <laughs> So for those that don't know, that's I'm a Gujarati, and that's actually uh, inherent in us to mispronounce difficult names. So yeah, that's what I I love that you got Abhimanyu perfectly. (laughs) Right. All right. Uh, Moving on, I think. Game week review. uh, Just before we move on, I just actually want to do a little bit of a Patreon shout out as well. Uh, uh, Shout out to people who joined us. and are supporting us this week in the Jimmy Tire, we had Maruti Broker and Christopher McCohen. Uh, it's the end of the season, and if you really, really like, we were kind of disappointed with the amount of uh, patrons we've gotten. Zofar had a target for 100, I think we're at about 50 so far. We appreciate that, uh, but we really do want to grow this channel. So, if you want to help us out and support us, and if uh, you've enjoyed listening us listening to us for the best part of 27, 28 pods, uh, feel free to log into patreon.com forward slash the FPL wire and just support us. You're paying us three pounds or six pounds or whatever you feel to just a month to support us. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Okay, let's go to the game week uh, review. Uh, and uh, let's talk about the league, game, uh, league games first. Fulham yes. leads, anything you guys want to talk about? Bakar, you can, why don't you give us some perspective with leads? Um, more nothing, nothing as as nothing really stood out. I mean, Leeds were terrible at set pieces again. Conceded that goal from Anderson. Um, I I think Lukman looked good, but he's done so in the in the past six game weeks, and he's he's done that for for a while now. His numbers have been decent, but he doesn't really seem to he's, translate them in, into points. He's, he's uh, entering uh, Zofar's uh, Olfart No Poo Club at the moment Precisely. because he's yeah. always involved. He's always looking lively. Uh, yeah, I won't complain though. He's had one appearance in my team and he got the assist, so he's all yeah. good in my book. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 a thing that stood out for me, which I've been noticing over the past three or four game weeks, was that Rafinha was playing very close to Bamford, and he's he's very far up. He's almost like the most advanced player for Leeds, so that bodes well uh, going forward. Other than that, I, I don't think I have anything else to, to add. Josh Maja was his owners who punted on the free hit; they were unlucky. They was denied by a great save from Meslier. Mm, yeah. Uh, other than that, he made, he made two or three good saves in that game. I remember. Yeah, yeah. One was to deny another Lukman assist as well yeah. from Zambo. I remember that. Yeah, Zambo, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was Zambo yeah, who yeah. took the yeah. shot. Yeah. In general, though, I thought uh, Fulham looked the uh, looked pretty good. I think uh, a draw would have been a fairer result in terms of how the game went. That's all I want to add. Uh, Brighton Newcastle. Uh, I thought Brighton absolutely uh, hammered. Newcastle in that game. Great management from Potter as well. Having both his forwards play essentially as wingers and having both his wingbacks coming in uh, as the creative midfielders. Modder had so many chances in the first 5-10 yeah. minutes. Our uh, friend from the cons group, uh, Jay or Johnny, often has uh, been talking about him and he's been picking up Modder for the best part of five months now So he's as he, because he's Polish and he's really, really happy. He got a couple of good chances in the first half. I'm happy Brighton look like they're going to be safe and uh, happy days. Tough fixture. Tough fixture. Nothing much. I think I don't think either of us, any of any of us, will be carrying players from these two teams long term. Yep. Yeah. No. 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 So Newcastle just worth mentioning. Uh, they're looking in trouble at the moment because the next their their fixture and right until the end is incredibly tough. So 
hoping Fulham managed to escape through. You think uh, who, who who do you have your money on going down, Fulham or Newcastle? Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, West Ham Arsenal. Why don't you guys talk about this game? I mean, we have to talk about Odegaard. I thought he was very impressive. Amazing. He's giving me a little bit of a Fabregas vibe, you know, in the way he's, he's so not, technical. Not and as direct as Fabregas. This thing, early Fabregas used to get a lot of goals and assists. I can see Odegaard assisting the assister a lot. A lot of times, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think he's an FPL option. I think Saka is leaps above in terms of being an FPL option, but just a great player to watch. It makes Arsenal a much, much better team. Very good player. Yeah. Also, just on uh, uh, the point that La- Pucker mentioned about Lingard, I just want to say that when you're watching West Ham, uh, Lingard is always involved. He's, he sort of has this free role behind Antonio as a free 10 who's moving, shifting between left, right and centre. And I think he's going to be very involved in that uh, West Ham team for goals as well. So, just wanted to add that. Yeah. Antonio was very unlucky. Not to get extremely so, this. so unlucky, so unlucky. he missed an absolute setter hit the post that was infuriating. Oh, and yeah. Arsenal went and equalized right after. The good for yeah, the top I was watching players. the game with an Arsenal fan, and it was absolutely infuriating. I mean, <laughs> it was a horrible experience. <laughs> All right, Villa Spurs. I thought it was like I, I called it was going to be one of the most draft games of the weekend. I did not, it did not disappoint in terms of being a draft game. I thought, uh Kane, captain us, sorry boys, were extremely jammy. Like, the, he didn't deserve anything uh, outside of that game. But he's, he's so shrewd at winning these penalties and fouls from absolutely nothing. And I think he's become probably the master of doing this. Anything worth mentioning outside of that? Lucas Moura looked Lucas, outstanding. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. He was brilliant in that game. Just Villa's yeah. lack of goal threat in general. Villa slumped so badly, right? The last five, yeah. six weeks. Yeah, because essentially... Uh, Grealish is responsible for them transitioning the ball from defence to attack and they're just not able to do that. Even with Grealish, very... I remember I looked into these numbers, even the last two, three games when he was fit also. Yeah. In general, the attack, they lost their mojo a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. You think having once... Game, yeah, go on, Baka. absolute sh- shadow of the team they were in the first 20 game weeks of the team they are now in the past nine game weeks. Zoff is absolutely like, even with Grealish, the last three matches, they were very, um, they were very lucky to come out of those games with the results. I remember them Having that nil-nil versus Brighton, where uh, Martinez was having had a world-class performance, they they deserve to be battered by like two by two to three goals in that game, and they didn't lose. Similarly, the Southampton game uh, where where they won one-nil, I think that was a very lucky result as well. Absolutely. So th- their performances have dipped and have dipped over time uh, for a while. So I, I'm not sure how much Grealish will transform them immediately, but it's it's for sure they need him back as soon as possible. And they've got a mixed run in as well, so mm-hmm. I don't see many of the wildcarders going keeping him. and that, jumping on. That's what I, my question was going to be. Would you guys recommend keeping Martinez on a wildcard? Nope. I don't think Better so, keep. despite the fact that he's going to have another double, right? So I, I still think that I'd probably go with Mendy, I think. Yep. Yeah, Mendy or uh, uh, I think I was watching Tom Stevenson's Meet the Manager, and he's going in with uh, Schmeichel and Foster. I quite like that as a. Combination shout as well because you want some entry into the Leicester defense who've got a fabulous set of fixtures. I quite they like do, the but I don't know. The Leicester defense never really convinces me. I don't know. They seem to concede in the easier fixtures, but I guess lack of midweek definitely will help a little bit. Lack of midweek and all their defenders are back now. They've yeah. got Fofana, Soyanshu, and yeah. uh, Evans playing together. I think that strengthens the case for definitely. the Leicester defense. And NDD also in front. NDD is fit as well, right? So everybody's fit and no midweek football. So Leicester, Le- I mean, if I was on wildcard, I'd have at least two Leicester. 
in that 31 wildcard draft. Right. That yeah. Let's just quickly go through the FA Cup. Bournemouth, Southampton, not much to add. I'll just just want to mention that yeah. people who are looking for a short-term punt, Southampton look fairly decent uh, for a change. And they've got a... Just wanted to say that they've got a nice amount of three fixtures where they're playing Burnley, West Brom and Palace back-to-back. Burnley and Palace at home. So, just if someone is in the mood for punts, I think there are better teams to punt on. But just worth pointing that out. Right. So, Chelsea, yeah. Sheffield United, I'll just touch upon that a little bit. We played a very second-string team. Not not many of our regular players. We created very few chances. Sheffield United were very unlucky not to score in the second half. So, I would, I would still not advocate investing really in the Chelsea attack. I know some people are keen on Havertz. He's probably the only option I would go near in terms of attack. But defence is where I'd still look. Sheffield United, like we said, it didn't look too bad. That's why I'm a little bit wary of captaining a Leeds player this week. Yeah, and that pitch as well. It's mm. the the opposition doesn't. Uh, it's doesn't. And it's suit. not just the pitch, in my opinion, right? I think if you look at yeah. the results, even the, they changed the pitch around the halfway stage of the season. But if you go back right in the first eighteen to twenty game weeks, the general results were better away from home. Yep. Yep. But what what happened there is the pitch earlier was quite shit as well. It was sort of uneven and muddy. And what's happened is right. now it's too smooth and everybody's just slipping, slipping. on that pitch. Right. Uh, Leicester United, I thought we were terrible. We deserved absolutely nothing from that game. Uh, kind of surprised with Solskjaer's uh, selection as well. Going into an international break, I thought it was a pretty uh, important uh, match. And it wasn't against an easy opposition. I thought he rested way too many of our starters uh, at one go. And I think that cost us because we never got into the game. Leicester wanted more. They played the better football and absolutely deserved that one. I think like continuance of our Jekyll and Hyde season. Fatigue accumulation, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah fatigue accumulation. But he started five of the guys who are not uh, who are playing consistently. I think Bruno Shaw, uh, Rashford. None of them started this game. You know, and they've been sort of key players for us as well. So I mean, we had Pogba, Van de Beek playing together, and they haven't played too much football this season. Right, so, but I still yeah. don't think it was a bad team. I I think he had to do it because the game at, in Milan was a tough game midweek. Yeah. Bakar, anything to add on the FA Cup games? No, I, I didn't watch the games. So, I, I don't have much to add there. Just, I want to touch upon Everton-Man City as well. Uh, Man City looked really, really... Sorry, Everton looked really, really uh, good in defence in terms of how practical they were and pragmatic they were in setting up against uh, City. And uh, City did what City did. I mean, they didn't absolutely dominate... Everton, but they created those few chances and they were clinical. Right at the end, they usually they just wear you out. They wear you out, exactly, exactly. I think there's going to be a lot of even outside of uh, you know uh, when we're talking about Man City, outside of rotation, even when it comes to managing the energy when you're on the pitch as well. I don't see City going gung ho if they're taking a two 0 lead in games. I think they're going they to control the game. Yeah, they have. I, I think it's going to be even more so now because all the games are so crucial. For City at the moment, so that's just something worth, Fair enough. worth mentioning. Fair enough. Let's not spend too much time. Let's move on now to the Q&A. All right. All right. I'll just move into the Q&A and whenever we're talking about something that's relevant, we'll move to the fixture ticker as well. I have that uh, anyway. All right. Great. So, the first question we have is from FPL Discussion. I think all three of us can take this on. Best one-week punt in each position for the next game week. And why we're talking about next game week only is because a lot of the uh, players are wildcarding in game week 31, which is a good time to wildcard. So, yeah, best one week punt, boys. I know what Zoff is going to say. Bakar? You go first. Uh Uh-huh. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Alonzo. 
Alonzo for me. Yeah. And just to give you guys a background on why we are doing this, we just thought we'll have a different structure today instead of going into data and all the stuff. We got some lot of nice questions. We thought we would have the main Q&A section as a part of the main part today. And rather than go into data, we would have a more of a freestyle discussion. It's Alonso for me, you guys. You're expecting him to start as well? You told me you were a little worried about him playing the Champions League games. Now, where are you that? Where so, we are on? See, the thing is now he hasn't been called up to the Spain squad at all, right? So now I've been monitoring the minutes for the England team. Chilwell started the first game and Shaw has started the second game. Now I'm just waiting to see if Chilwell starts the third game. Then I'd be a lot more confident about Alonso starting against West Brom. Yeah. But the thing is that he can easily, because he's had this two-week rest period, he can easily play West Brom and then play Porto as well. And then possibly miss out for Palace. So, for a one-week punt, I think he's perfect this week. Bakar, one-week punt? I'd probably go with Howards. Kai? Nice. nice. He's, yeah. been, he's also been doing quite well, by the way, over the IB. He's got a goal and assist over the two games for Germany. Yeah, for sure. And he's, he's, he's likely to play as a, as a striker, right? Yep, I think that's pretty much is if he's going to play now, that's the position he's going to play. Tuchel has made that clear. Yeah, I was I was reading a thread of um, a friend of the pod, uh, AK, and he he mentioned that uh, last season for for Leverkusen he had eight goals from nine games uh, as a centre forward. Yes. So his his record when he plays there is pretty good. So I mean, and, and going by how how poor West Brom have been and and Chelsea are uh, the bookies' favourites for two point five plus goals this week. So I I fancy I fancy a Chelsea player. Yeah, but I still think it'll be two 0 though. Mm-hmm. All right. Outside of the names that both of you have mentioned, I'll go for. I wanted to go with the Chelsea player as well. I like that picture of target. I'll go with uh, Richarlison. Uh, he's been rested in the international break. hasn't played any football, and they have a home game against Crystal Palace. He's on pens yeah. as well. So yeah, I think it's a decent shout for a one-week punt where not many people are going to go. Mm, it'll be interesting to see what formation Everton go to in that game. Do they keep this diamond with two up top, or do they go to the DCL with the centre forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth monitoring. I just like the fact that he's going to be rested. I think that's uh, mm-hmm. going to come into fruition. All right. Next question is from Wari Boys. Uh, are Leeds assets worth keeping in a game week 31 wildcard despite the tough run of upcoming fixtures, doing that we would want them back towards the last few fixtures? Interesting. Bakar? Yeah, Bakar, you can go back. Sorry, Zafi, we're going. No, on, I was just on. saying that the Leeds fixtures, they're tough, but let's just have a look at them clo- more closely. I don't think they're as tough as we think they are. Now, Sheffield United is obviously a good fixture. City away. This is the tough one. But then Liverpool at home and United at home, I can see Leeds scoring a couple goals in either fixture, right? It's not as bad. Then you have Brighton and then you have Spurs. So it's not really, they're not really fixtures where you say Leeds are definitely going to blank, definitely not going to score. They could, this point potential there. I mean, what do you do on Wildcard? When, when when we sold uh, when I sold Bamford I remember yeah yeah we we all sold Bamford so that was week, I remember exactly so they yeah. can haul yeah, against you did as well right yep yep we yeah. all did and we bought him back the next what do, week <laughs> what do you do those off on wildcard you I keep think, both you keep one I think I would have Rafinha as the eighth attacker right because the, the best part about Leeds is them being fixture proof is if you require somebody off the bench it's perfect and Rafinha is what like five point six five point seven or something now he's still cheap. So, I would exactly. probably stick, get him there and stick him there as the 8th attacker. Yeah, but double up is definitely too much. I, I yeah, reckon I... Definitely I'll, no I'll double probably, up. I'd abandon yeah. Dallas for sure. Yeah, da- but Dallas and Bamford are probably... If I had both of them, I'd, I'd look to sell. Agreed. Yeah. Similar thinking here, but uh, I think picking between Rafinha and Bamford comes down to personal choice. I don't. I, I th- depending on whether you're able to find mm. a better forward or a better midfielder from... 
some other teams for a seventh or sixth attacker position. That's what it comes down to, right? I think in midfield, you can afford to like, you can get four good midfielders out of the strikers. I think we want the likes of Ian Acho. You probably want the likes of Kane. Yeah. I'm not there yet at the moment with Ian Acho. I don't know. With Barnes and Madison coming back, I don't know what formation he's going to play. We'll discuss Leicester. We'll discuss, but I think he's in a bit of a purple patch, right? I keep telling you these things about the body language. You can see certain players, they just have this feeling, they just ooze confidence about them. I'm getting that vibe of Ianacho. Nice. I like it. You're going for uh, for a punt. I'm all for it. That's and that run of fixtures from Leicester, uh, from, for Leicester from 32, is it? Let's discuss Leicester while we're at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They've got West Ham in 31. And after that, they've got, I think, the best run of fixtures you can ask for anybody. Yeah, yeah. They've got West Brom at home, Crystal Palace at home, Southampton away, and then Newcastle at home. I think you can't ask for a better run of fixtures from attackers. Yeah. From an attacker so they pointed this out so. on Black Box today. I think all those four teams have conceded more than ten double-digit hauls. All right. This week to like yeah. attackers. I mean, so far. I mean, look at the teams. These are the teams we've been targeting all season, pretty much. Exactly. So this yeah. is, the thing is, I'll be replacing Brewster with him. So there's not much to lose. Fair enough. Fair enough. On wildcard, if you had to go with two or three Leicester, where would you go? Considering, I, let's assume Madison is going to come back fit for game week 30. I'd actually consider a double up with Vardy and Ian Acho, maybe from 32. Maybe you could bench one in 31, I think. Because maybe if you're willing to go without Salah, willing to go without one of Bruno, I think there's potential there to differentiate with a double up. I agree. Again, Tom Stevenson, I was watching his meet the manager, his wildcard 31 potential draft had both, both, both the strikers yeah, and Schmeichel. I like, quite like that as a combination. Right. Bakar? I would be yeah. tempted by Madison if, was, if he was fit though. And I, I would be tempted. The though. problem is I, think I, I, I don't think again. Madison as a no. FPL pick is, is too trustworthy. No. I, I like the double up. I think it's it's an explosive option because most of the people like like us who, who don't have a wildcard intact will will likely be going with Justin Nacho. So to add Wadi on top of it as a differential is uh, some serious upside. I really like the idea. All right. Cool. Uh, there's no other defenders there for the taking from Leicester, are there? Ricardo was unfit the last game. Is he still fit? The thing is, is Ricardo, same? right? I had a look about his injury and all that stuff. He's not fully there yet. And I don't think he will be till the start of next season. And Castagna right. is too expensive. All right. Uh, the next question, again, just a random question from Subhodeep Mukherjee. He's just asking us what headsets we're using. Uh, Zoff. I'm using the Bose head- headphones. I don't know what they're called. They're the noise-canceling ones. All right. And I'm just using a pair of earbuds from Oppo. I think they're called the W31 series. Uh, all right. Next question is from Ash Patel. I think this is a pretty macro question. It's important that we cover this. Uh uh, he has only the wildcard left. He's planning on using it in 31. He's just uh, asking us for a draft. We're not giving a draft, but let's just talk about a few picks we'd go for for sure. Top three if picks we in each position. Let's just let's do, do three picks in each position. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's start with the defense. What teams would you be targeting there? Yeah, Bakar, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, for game week 30 wildcard, right? 31. 31. 30, 30, 31. More or less same here. All right, sure. Uh, Chelsea would be my number one priority for sure. I'd definitely double up on, on wildcard if uh, if I was wildcarding in 30 or 31. Uh, other than that, I'd, I'd um, the other two teams I'd like to target would be Leicester and Wolves. I think those are the teams. Cody would be a pick in my side uh, given his recent uh, attacking numbers. Uh, I was reading a stat where it said that he has had as many um, shots in the past uh, three games as he has as he had as he has had in his previous 1-0-2 appearances combined. So there's definitely something going on over there. And Nuno admitted 
that you know uh, they're looking to to find him solutions for him to score so that tells me that Cody might you know there might be more goals uh, in him till the end of the season mm. i'm not there yet with the wolves defense the numbers uh in the last six are in the worst five defenses in the league at the moment so i'm not there agree yeah, but they, they had Liverpool and City in those no, This was prior so. to the Liverpool game. I remember a lot of people were on Salah captain for that reason. That because Wolves had like, you know, very poor defensive numbers. And the thing is, let's just look at their fixtures closely, right? Let's Actually, keep... top, I mean, worst team in the league for shots in the box conceded in the last six matches. Right. That's, that so is let's look telling. at the fixtures. West Ham, you'd probably expect them to concede. Fulham away, again, could concede. Sheffield United, probably a clean sheet. Burnley are not the same team. As we saw last year, so there's some recalibration required. They're actually attacking a decent bit. They're enjoying being on the beach for a change. Yeah. So mm. West Brom probably a clean sheet. Brighton can go either way. You know how Brighton is. It's not necessarily yeah. a clean sheet. There. So I, I wouldn't think. be confident of a clean sheet at all. Okay. I like actually like those fixtures for an attacker. I do than I do more for a defender. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. I'm just not there yet with Wolves. I have, I, I can't can't can't. Right. can't Sorry, I can't quite figure them out this season. And uh, for that reason, I'd avoid And the other options at a similar price, right? Like Rudiger is the same price as Cody. Yeah. 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 And Shaw is still cheap as chips. And right. he's one of the best creators in the league at the moment. Not just a defense, so, from a so, defender. So, I think Bakar had his... Who are your top three defensive picks? Uh, Rudiger. Um, Leicester defender. I'm, I'm not sure. Fofana, I guess. I'd probably go there. Mm-hmm. Um and and um, yeah, Cody. Are those three? Fair enough. So? For me, it would probably Rudiger, uh, Shaw, and one of Aspilicueta or Diaz. Yep, yep, yeah. I agree with the double up on uh, Chelsea, and I'd uh, I'd throw Shaw in there. Shaw in would actually addition. be the first name I would pick. Yeah, yeah. He's he's incredible for the numbers he's offering. I also think, I mean, while we're at it, I think I'd stick John Stones in there as well. Because uh, uh, when it comes to the... I expect Diaz to definitely play the Champions League games. And I don't know how he's going to rotate. And with Stones, what I like about him is that at around 5 million or whatever his price is at the moment, he's either start or not start. And if he's, if he's starting, he's, he's likely going to give you a clean sheet and he's got decent amount of goal threat as well. So, I, I like his price. I would stick John Stones in there in my defense. On That's absolutely well. fair. Yeah. Right, midfield? No, but none of us said Trent or uh, Robertson. That's something worth mentioning. I because the, the fixtures are the there. Fixtures are there but leads. It's so expensive. 7.3, 7.4. Yeah, that's the problem there. Yeah. And yeah. much I, I think all three of us would feel much more comfortable uh, doubling up on their attack. I think Salah Jota would be in our wildcard drafts if we were wildcarding. Right. Like, nice segue into midfield, I think. Yeah, but you want to start with the midfield picks off? Yeah, sure. I think I would still back, like you said, Salah, Bruno would still be my top two picks. Then who else? I like Lingard. Lingard could prob- would probably be in there. Rafinha, I still like. Son, I think especially with the lack of midweek football, it could be a great pick. Who else with the fixtures? Neto, I think if you're looking especially to chase, could be potential have good potential over here. No Arsenal, no Chelsea for you in midfield? I, I'm, no, I want to avoid teams that are in Europe as far as possible. Unless they're absolutely like nailed on options like your Bruno and stuff. Even Salah, I'm a bit worried about his minutes versus Villa and stuff. But I think because he's going to get a rest over this international break the last week, he might be a decent pick. But not much else. Bakar? Yeah, Bruno, Salah, uh, Jota, Jota, Son, yeah. and uh, Rafinha as the fifth one. 
All right. What what's interesting? What comes strikes me is that none of you all would put stick in a, a Man City midfielder uh, nope, in yeah, your wildcard not, team. Not 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 in the wildcard. Maybe if anyone KDB, but I'm worried about cameos. I think KDB is going to get a lot of twenty thirty minutes between matches. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I just want to add that I quite actually like the Son pick that you mentioned as well because uh, we didn't discuss that. He's very likely to have a double gimmick any time between thirty and thirty five. I was listening to the excellent. Uh, Planned FPL pod and James did a nice rundown in terms of what he's expecting the end of the season to look like. I think it's just a good time to just add that since we are freestyling this podcast. He said that he's expect there are two games to be rescheduled at the moment: uh, Spurs Southampton and uh, Aston Villa Everton, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. The game week 32 fixtures right now seem like a blank, but what's going to happen is those teams that are playing in the FA Cup semi-finals they're going to play their games in the subsequent midweek. and the these double game weeks that are left to be scheduled they can happen in either game week 31 32 33 35 uh, so he doesn't know so there is a double game week pending for spurs and spurs have a decent run of fixtures as well so you could have a good looking double game week at any point especially the game that needs to be scheduled is against southampton so you could have a, a spurs double game week with sheffield united southampton or leeds southampton so for that reason i quite like son as a pick in midfield Mm. for that answer it's a good right. shout uh, outside of the names that you mentioned the one that i really like as i mentioned earlier is uh, saka and madison these are the two names that i'd be considering outside of the names that you guys mentioned i quite like madison this season another point i'd like to make on son lr is that i think he has um, he has good potential of doing well this week as well uh, because uh, newcastle they, they tend to concede a lot of chances uh, down their right which which bodes well for son Uh, over the past four games, Newcastle are worse for chances conceded down their right flank. Um, and you mentioned um, uh, uh, the Brighton left wing back uh, Moder. He had so many chances to score, and if I mean that bodes well for Regulon and, and Son this week. And I think they're very good options. Uh, to have. I was looking at uh, Tom Freeman's uh, article that he wrote this week. He's considering for a captaincy shout this week. He thinks yeah, it's a good shout because of what you mentioned exactly because of the amount of chances they. Yeah. Concede from that. Have you guys side. seen Bale's comments over the international break? We have, we have. Uh, what's what you're thinking with Bale again? Again, this is just borrowed content from Plant FPL because he's a Spurs fan, and he he made a very astute observation when it comes to Bale. Bale is going to be managed based on the opposition he's facing on that flank. Now uh, they're not expecting the. Midfielder or the wing back on that side against Newcastle to cause uh, Bale too much trouble in terms of expecting him to track back, which is why uh, he was expecting Bale to play in this game against Newcastle. Uh, and then similarly, let's look at the fixtures ahead ahead for Bale. United, he doesn't expect him to play against Shaw. Everton, he's not not sure whether he's going to play against uh, uh, Luka Dean. So it depends on. game management and what the opposition bale is going to have on his flank which is why uh, i think like his peak period is done and like you mentioned he's been flirting against with again with madrid right and the with the comments he's having so mm. yeah and what's, jose's what's... comments were very interesting also right after the game and lorries were talking about and jose when he goes into this mode this was he was talking about chelsea also about the players betraying him and stuff like that so i, I think it was a very much of a statement leaving bale on the bench against aston yeah. villa i agree i agree I don't think Bale's going to start against Newcastle, and given the fact how how convincing Spurs looked against um, Villa, I mean, um, I don't think he's he's going to start. I think Son's going to come in for Vinicius, and that's going to be the only change like, they make. You think Mura's going to keep his place? Mura's yeah. going to keep his place anyway. Oh, Mura's been one of the best players, and like Jose is yeah. all about heart, right? More than ability, he yeah. wants your players to like sweat blood on the pitch, and Mura fits that bill for me. 
Yeah. What would you do in my position? I'm a bail owner. I'm at the moment where I am is play play him this week and then get rid next. The fixtures too good to probably like you know just keep him for this week. Listen to the noises yeah. that come out and like as long as you have a decent eighth attacker to come off the bench, I think you should be fine. Alright. Cool. Uh, so I think midfield is done. Strikers. Striker. I think Kane's a shoe in yeah, for so all three. Nacho, why we discussed? I think for me the three would be Kane, Ianacho, Antonio. That's the three I yeah. would go with. Yeah, Antonio is the one at uh, is the one I'd consider as well. I think I wouldn't move outside of these four names that we are uh, talking about at the moment. Nobody from City, Fulham, Brighton, mm-hmm. Leicester, Villa, Saints. No, no, nobody. Leicester really we appeals. already covered. Like both those guys are good yeah. picks. Werner, a no for you again because of Champions League. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, why do you have to keep going back to Werner? <laughs> I'm, I'm making sure we're co- covering all the options. Zoff. It's almost as if Zoff was secretly hoping that you know late riser won't mention Werner. <laughs> There's a lot of people jumping on him on the wildcard. I know that. I've seen a few names uh, mentioning him and going no, for no. him. Good if luck. I, if any attacker, I think Kai is the one. All right. Uh, just while we're on that topic, Ziyech has put in a couple of performances as well and scored a couple of goals. Not there yet when it comes to Hakim. No, and Mason Mount as well. Mount, again, I think is a good option, but we are just not scoring any, enough goals. Any game I look at it is, I think it's going to be a 1-0, 2-0. I don't see a 3-0, 4-0 happening anytime soon. I want to actually, uh, you know, ask you more about Mount because he's he's also had his first England goal as well. Not first, but he's he's been on a very consistent goal-scoring run on black box. Like I mentioned, he's had a fair amount of double-digit hauls as well. Are we just overlooking him because he seems like a boring pick? He's been very consistent in the points he's, he's been Correct. delivering. I think he's a consistent pick, but I think there are better midfield options out there, primarily because we don't score that many. All right, fair enough. So then, I mean, why would you say you're you, you prefer a Kai over a Mount in that case. Because I feel like Mount's more nailed and Mount has more rouse to points because he's on the set pieces as well. Because I think Kai is more explosive purely because he's playing closer to goal. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd pick Havertz over Mount as well. All right. Let's hope he performs. Uh, next question is from Ravin Kapoor. I'll take this one on because I have the chips left. Yes. Best time to use the TC and BB in the remaining game weeks. Uh, when it comes to the bench boost, you just need to find a game where, like what Tom did, you know, when he had Lee's assets, he targeted one particular fixture where he thought they would come in. So just look at the cheap guys in your teams, build your team around that and see where those cheap guys are having one good fixture. And that's when you use the bench boost button. A lot of the people are bench boosting in game week 30 because... Fulham and Leeds have good fixtures and they've been planning post-29 as well. Uh, but what's happening and the little caution that I have when it comes to while, uh, bench boosting straight after international break is you don't know what who's tired, who has how much fitness, etc. as well. So I'm a little skeptical about bench boosting in a game week 30. And the best time to use the triple captaincy chip, uh, we're waiting for that Spurs double game week. That we mentioned, which is where I think Kane triple captaincy comes into the which I think it's a great opportunity with game Kane not having Europe and going for the golden boot. I think that's the opportunity that I'm waiting for. Also, just uh there we could have a huge double game week in game week 36 because of what uh the Premier League is planning to do, where they want all the home games in one game week. So we, we could have a huge blank and a huge double game week around 36-37. And this totally depends on the UK government approving this. It doesn't depend on the Premier League. So we won't know about this for a while. So that could be another opportunity uh, to use the triple captaincy as well as the free hit chip. Correct. All right. Uh, 
I hope that was correct. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next question is from FPL Tropical Tram. Uh, it appears that the best Man City players for FPL have all have pretty high ownership, and of course, there's looming threat of prep prudent. Is it time for the chase those chasing to get completely get it completely off our City assets for more reliable starters in the teams with good fixtures? Zoff is in chasing, and he mentioned on wildcard he'd uh, uh, probably get rid of the City assets, but. How many I, do you own at the moments off? I own three and I need to. I also have two Spurs players and Brewster. So I need to start phasing them out gradually to prepare for 33 when they don't have a fixture along with Spurs. So my plan is I'm going to lose Cancelo first or Dugan, depending on. So what I'm thinking the best plan to do with these City assets, right, is keep them for game week 30 against Leicester because you'll probably see a strong team against them because you need to build rhythm after the international break and plus because Leicester are second on the table is effectively like you know the proverbial six-pointer watch the international minutes watch the minutes against Leicester and that should give us and then see what happens midweek in the Champions League that should allow us to make an educated guess about who plays against Leeds and then like, third on the table as off by the way we're second on the table okay just <laughs> right right <laughs> So, so then we get an idea who might play the second Champions League game and accordingly you can phase those guys out. So I still th- think that still City clinch the league is worth holding on to their assets, right? So probably try to get rid of them as close to 33 as possible. Keep them for the next three weeks. Bakar? Yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky one. On uh, as, as someone who doesn't have the wild card, I'm keeping hold of all, all three of them this, this week. And, and Who do you own? Um... Yeah. On a wild card, I, I don't think I'd be picking a city mid. I'd probably have a defender, and that's about it. Um, but yeah, as, as someone who does not have the wild card left, I'm not in a rush to sell them right now. I'm gonna reassess next week where, where things stand and then I'll I'll make a decision on who to sell. But I'm keeping them this week. Hmm. I I don't own I own only one city asset at the moment. I just own uh, Cancelo and I think this week I'm probably going to save a transfer unless something comes up and the way I'm thinking at it is uh, I'm going to see who starts for the first in the first Champions League tie against Dortmund and if somebody's played both the Leicester game as well as the first Champions League tie and somebody's rested for both these games I'm probably going to look at getting that in player in for that single game against Leeds as a fixture target. So that's what I'm thinking about mm. at the moment. Just yeah, targeting and looking at the single fixture. I agree because 31 captaincy is not very clear. The, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at the moment. That's why I'm likely to uh, looking to save a transfer as well because I want to go into 31 and get Jota and probably a city attacker. Yep. That's I think, I think that's the overreaching message. If you don't have anything pressing, definitely try to save a transfer yep. in Game Week 30. For sure. Yeah. All right, next question is from my little bully. Great name. Uh, fixture swing. We get a lot of good threads and pot. I, I actually really like this question. We get a lot of good threads and pot talking about players to target. But who who do we drop? We're loaded up on players like Rafinha, Bamford, Antonio, Lingard, Sufal, Target, Gundogan, KDB, City Defence. And that's right, you know, especially for somebody not on a wild card, it's, it's not easy to lose these players at the moment. So, which of these players do you think? look most disposable. Bakr, I'll post this question to you first. Okay, so from the players you mentioned, I'd, as I said, I'd, I'd probably stick with one city, one city defender. I'd dropped Gundogan. I'd probably drop uh, Lingard as well. Um, Bamford was, would be another one I'd drop. Um, but but yeah, I get I get what he's, he's saying because um, it's 
it's high risk given the fact that you know you're wild carding you want to be uh, making up the points you want to have sort of a um, you want to make up points on those who who don't but given the fact that, you know the city boys are firing and 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 Bamford's doing well Antonio Lingard are doing well it's it's very hard to drop them um, but I, I think this is like uh, this this would be my strategy going into it that I drop these three or four players and try and um, and try and make up the ground there. I I won't be like in, in a rush to sell you know the the significant majority of the template team because they're template for a reason. But I mean these three or four players I think are disposable. Mm. I think it's about balance. Exactly. Like, uh, I I think you can go in with one West Ham attacker. You I think you can go in Martinez with one... is another one I drop. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think I'd go in with one uh, Leeds attacker. Probably make sure that the teams where I've doubled up on those attacks, I have a single attacker who's uh, looking good for that team. I yeah, I, 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 I'm in agreement with the teams you mentioned, the names you mentioned yeah. as well. So it's, it's a fixture play, right? Like you see where the fixtures yeah. are turning. Villa's fixtures are turning. Leeds' fixtures are turning. West Ham, I would say, defensively, those fixtures don't inspire a lot of confidence. You can probably get rid of Sufal. City, you can expect rotation. Things that, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, again, uh, one point I'd like to mention, we're in the final home stretch of the season. So whoever you're getting in also, you're not going to really hold for a long, long period of time. So the the appetite for risk should increase as the game weeks get closer and closer to 38. But not so much in defense though, right? Whoever you bring in defense. No, 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 not so much in defense, defense. in attack, in attack, yeah. in attack for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, next question is from a friend of mine, Gautam Giri Shankar. What has been your biggest learning from this particular season, whether it's FPL strategy, psychology, football tactics, etc.? Zoff, I'll pose this question to you first. Not really much because I think this season has been a bit of an anomaly in terms of like, you know, the template being so strong. And I think there are a few reasons for that. And I think the fixture congestion is a big part to play. A lot of players have become like, you know, players you wouldn't look at purely because they become rotation risks. And I think what has been different for me, especially this year, is that Pep has been more predictable than ever. Last three, four seasons, mm-hmm. my main problem was predicting the lineups Pep is going to pick. Now, this year, you look at it, he's had consistent players, your Gundogans, your KDBs, Diaz, Cancelo to a certain extent, Stones to a certain extent. These guys have played almost every game. So, that's helped me a lot. Bakar? I have nothing to add here. I mean, there's there's nothing mean as such, which, which I feel is, is worth mentioning. All right. I, I have a couple of things that I've learned because I've had a really terrible season, right, compared to usual standards. And I think you learn the most from the poor seasons that you had. Now, two worth mentioning are that I came into the season at the back of my personal best season. And what happened was when we were playing FPL, right? I mean, if Bakar had to do a stats, if I'm sending Bakar a note and I say that you create a narrative to say these seven things, I'm sure you can find any stats to create any narratives you want. And what happened when you're playing this uh, game and when you're at the back of a personal best season is the filter that you have is not as strong as it should normally be because you think that whatever you're thinking is correct because it's worked for you in the past. So that sort of wall or the filter that I had in terms of assessing decisions, it was, I think, a little weaker than it usually is because of the good season I had. I thought uh, that I know more than everybody else. I think better than everyone else. And it's worked for me in the past, which is why I wasn't uh, questioning my picks and the narratives that I built in my head as much as I probably should. And that's something that you should be really careful about, especially at the back of a good season. That's that's an important learning that I've had. And uh, the second thing that I've learned is that a start is really, really important. Because there, there is such a snowball effect that is at play when you're having a poor start where you're trying different things. Let's say the first six, seven, eight weeks, you're trying to do the same thing. 
and it's not working and then you start your mind starts taking you in different directions in terms of how you're wanting to play this game and it isn't as natural it's easy to do the right thing and the correct thing and stick to your process when things are going your way but when things aren't going your way it, it becomes a little difficult because your mind mind starts playing a few tricks with you so yeah those are two learnings that i have it yeah. foc- i i really want to focus on getting a good start next season i think that's right. really, really I, i mean we can talk at length about how to get a good start but i think we probably leave that towards the tail end of the season yeah, yeah. obviously obviously yeah just that fpl sala thread that we spoke about when we interviewed him that comes to my mind like first up agree so yeah we'll go back to that once on the game week 38 pod yep i think we'll do one post game week 38 just like yeah. a look back at the season pod i think people will like that let's do that yeah. All right. Next question is from Meet Mayur's. Uh, is it worth it to buy Wolves players, especially Semedo, Neto, Cody, etc., because they're having good fixtures? I think we already addressed we covered, this. I do. We, we can move. He's the only one I'd look at from those. Yeah, All not, right. And not Semedo, definitely not too expensive. Yeah. How how expensive is Johnny at the moment? Playing on that other wing back position. I think, I think he's five point five also. I don't think he's dropped much because nobody owned him really at the start, right? Yeah, so I mean that's something if you want to go different, but I'm just not there. I mean I don't want to say it for the sake of saying it. I'm not there. Five point four. Yeah. Mm, too Even with Neto, I'm not there yet because he has roster points and he's looks like to me as a guy also, who scores spectacular goals rather than a consistent score of goals because a lot of chances and shots that he's taking they're from outside the box as well. You know, he's he's not sort of like a tap in merchant who's always inside the box. So mm. I, I don't. I can't. Way too many of those kind of chances now. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, anything to add, Zoff? No, goals? nothing else. I think even the next question, best priced midfielder, also. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm cover. moving yeah. make, uh, to the question from FPL Fair Play now, yeah. uh, where he's asking about four players that we'd recommend with a high risk and a high reward mindset. So, any any of these players that uh, you want to talk about, Bakar? Any low budget, low dif- low ownership differentials that could help gain rank very quickly? Howards, I've already spoken about him. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Um, Trent Robertson. You think him? He's, he's not very highly owned at the yep. moment. You think I like Robertson? Uh, I think I'd, I'd prefer uh, Trent over Robertson yeah. for sure. And you're yeah. a rubber band, so I'm happy to hear you say that. Yeah, because sure. Trent has been looked to the first half of the season, but but since then he's he's just not been added. Mm. Trent mm. has been much better recently. Even from a psychology point of view, I think the England snub is going to hurt him as well. Uh, so that sort of plays. It's going to drive him. Definitely, it's going to make him push to like you know get his spot back for the Euro. So I like Trent a lot. Somebody I'm going to say I don't personally never going to go there myself, but it'll be interesting to see Aguero. Like we mentioned, right? I don't think he's going to get any minutes against Leicester or any minutes against Dortmund. And I think that you know something like that game against Leeds could be tailor made for Aguero. Yeah, why do you think I'm saving my transfers off? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't. Uh, You're already flirting owned, with the idea. Yeah, I, I haven't owned him all season. I don't want to go into the season, finish the season by not yeah. owning him for one week or so. And I have nothing to lose at the rank I am at. So yeah, all about. So Aguero is good. I think Havertz has a decent upside. Alonso, as we're talking about, I think there is a big haul coming at some point. Just have to be on there to catch it. I think. Yeah. Even uh, one player who's massively underperformed this season, I'm looking to go there if he scores a couple of goals because I think it's a confidence thing. Is Sadio Mane? Like he's got the fixtures. He's been absolutely abysmal when it comes to his one, finishing. One double-digit haul this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that, and not because he's not getting the chances. It's because he's not converting those chances, right? Like we, uh, like AK gave us that stat about 
a few weeks ago we mentioned in the pod that our, the conversion rate for liverpool is so low at the moment if mane let's say against arsenal villa gets a couple of good finishes where we know that okay his confidence is back and he's able to put the ball at the back of the net i am looking at him for that run where he's facing from 32 onwards liverpool faced leeds newcastle united southampton west brom now except for united these are fixtures that you love from an attacker point of view so i'm probably looking at sadio mane for this little hmm. patch i'm sure mane has been been a name which has been brought up at like different points this season but he just hasn't been been the same i mean his numbers have dropped he when when you watch him play he hasn't really been been great um i highly doubt he's going to find form but if he does then then yeah he might be worth considering but even then he you know he he ha- he has to put up a very strong case given the fact that we have the likes of sala and and jota in the liverpool team who are yeah i know but the question that he has is is strong differential that can help for the run and i think mane is somebody who should not be overlooked if he's getting a scoring boots on because when you like you mentioned the other day right when you're watching liverpool the bulk of the chances do fall to him it's just that he's not his converting rate, them his conversion rate has always been poor he's been in last season i remember he was getting more big chances than salah but the yeah. conversion rate was always high yeah and my thinking there is let's say if if he's getting confidence back in a game or two he does get the bulk of the chances and he's streaky right you, you won't be surprised if mane braces or hattricks in the game because he's got that potential he's got that brace hattrick potential which is why i quite like him as a differential pick just on while we're on that liverpool uh, conversation there's a stat that the uh, uh, fff scout community account posted which i quite like so just because we're going to be talking about salah and jota uh, jota when he's been fit and he has been starting he's played a part in 46% of the goals that liverpool have scored while he's been on the pitch by comparison mane is at 49% so in terms of goal involvement salah and uh, Sa- salah and uh, jota are almost equal 46% and 49 uh, 49% and mane has been at 29% just uh, i didn't realize that- it was that high that's pretty cool Yeah, exactly. So Jota's goal involvement is so high when he's starting. So mm-hmm. like that is a shout for the run-in for sure. I hope they go out. Any other names? A lot of people have been mentioning Oba. I think it's I I I think it's a bad pick because uh, so I was talking to a couple of people because he's a flat track bully, right? Oba likes to brace against poor opposition. We've seen that for the past two or three years, but I just don't think his position is nailed. If, if I was looking for for uh, for a midfield pick at that price, I would definitely go with De Bruyne because De I think the rotation risk is exists for both of them, and I I just think De, De Bruyne is head and shoulders above Aubameyang as a pick. Agreed. Right. Great. Anybody else that comes to your mind, guys? I think I'm Not, done. Nothing Not much. Point. I think pretty much done. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, so, if somebody is asking you for the Chelsea, asking about the Chelsea defense, this question is from JR underscore FPL. As per Alonso for the upcoming Chelsea run-in, he's already a Rudiger owner. Right. So, in this in the same boat, same boat as I am. So, it's something I'm considering. Alonso definitely has the higher upside in terms of your bigger score and generally he's a lot more fun to watch so i think if you can manage with a decent sub it's alonso but if you want consistent stream of points the thing is with aspi he always seems to nick a goal or assist from somewhere you think that he's not attacking but he does seem to pop in with the attacking run now then he's very good for bonus if you keep a clean sheet and like a 1-0 or 2-0 aspi is getting 8 to 9 over there so there is some upside with aspi there as well it's not as dull as it looks In the fixture congestion, Aspi started all games. He's not been rested for. He any hasn't missed a single game. All right, so there is no rotation threat in your opinion, despite there, the Champions League. There Champions might League. be going forward, might miss one game, but it's probably the least out of the entire back back team. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, We have from... to do just quickly the captains for next week, and 
Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's it for yeah. the questions. Yeah. Q&A. Q&A. That's all. Yeah. all right. Uh, we'll go through the captains and the fixtures as well. Uh, go through some of the hot fixtures. Chelsea, West Brom, how do you see this game panning out? 2-0. 2 yeah, exactly what I'd put at. I mean, what I noticed with Chelsea is that they don't create a ton of chances, like you mentioned. So, yeah, I see a 2-0, 3-0 sort of victory for Chelsea. Yep. And I think we'll okay. be taking off a lot of players in the second half. I'd probably half. go with... Um, as well, yeah. As well, Leeds, Sheffield United, three uh, 0 hmm. I don't think it will be that. I think two one Leeds. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm going with two 0 I think it'll be. I, I think Sheffield will not open the door and tell Leeds, okay, you know, put five six goals across us. I think Leeds will score a couple. Leicester, Man City, interesting game. I think this weekend. How do you see it going? Because Leicester have been one of the form teams in the league at the moment. So. I think two 0 City. 2-0 City? This is a tough Tucker? one. Like, this, is, this is a tough one. I'd, I'd probably go 1-0 City. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that scoreline as well. I think City will just about edge it. I'm expecting 1-0 to City as well. Not a very Arsenal, Liverpool. This is an interesting one. Yeah, I think this game offers a lot of goals generally as well. Uh, I was reading some stat on Twitter where this tends to offer 3-4 goals. The 4-4 four, four lives long in memory, right? The Ashe even yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's goals in the previous four uh, uh, league matches between these two. Yeah. It'll be interesting because I think both teams are going to have an eye on the European fixture, but at the same time, they'd want to play a strong team right after IB. So, I think both teams will score. I'd I'd probably go with um... one one. Yeah, I'll go with the two all. I think I'm going for a high scoring draw. I I, I think I'd go with the two all as well. Yeah. One 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 for me. Sit on the fence. All right. Uh, Spurs, Newcastle. How do you see this game going? I think Son is going to be back. And I think this game, I remember the reverse fixture where Spurs played Newcastle at home at the early part of the season. And I thought Kane was extremely unlucky to not score three or four goals in that game. So I just, That was a handball penalty they got right at the end, no? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah Wilson scored. Yeah. But Kane kept shooting and he kept knocking on the door and Newcastle have no idea how to hold possession. So I think this game has Kane Hall written all over him. I'm not moving the armband yep. from him. That said, I mean, I'm, I'm heading to Goa on Wednesday. I'm going to be sipping on a fair amount of gin on a Friday or a Saturday when the deadline is approaching. So you don't know what's going to happen. But uh, I mean, if you have, if you're seriously playing this game, and I, I think Kane's a strong. I think it'll take a lot to move that armband away from Kane yep. for this game. They, I think it I suits think him. There's no reason not to captain Kane. I think per se. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a strong fixture. I, I personally don't think Spurs will will obliterate Newcastle. No, no. Um, I think yeah. it, it will be a close game. I, I'd probably I think Spurs will win. It's it's that's that's what's going to happen. But I don't think uh, I can I can see uh, you know a huge haul for Kane or anything. I'd probably go with a two-one. Kane will obviously be involved. I expect him to score once. Yep. Yeah. My 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 deal with. Uh, why I like Kane for this fixture is because Newcastle don't know how to keep possession and Spurs are going to control and the moment Kane gets the ball he's going to shoot that's what he's been doing for the last couple of months so I think he's going to get a fair few shots off which is why I quite like I, I like Kane against parked passes because he gets mm. a fair amount of the ball and he's shooting at sight at the moment which is why I like this fixture mm. United Brighton let's touch upon that I think Bruno is also a popular captain pick for this week what do you think? No, not for me. Not for me. I think. Yeah, not uh, for me either. Um, I probably go one nil United. I I don't know. I'm not confident. United have not been playing that that great uh, recently. Yeah, score draw for me. One all. 
I am expecting Brighton to build some momentum and nick a point of us. Mm. I'm going with the one nil. Yeah. All right. Low scoring Good. game in uh, general, I think all of us. So. Yeah. Oh, but so but we'll get to Bucker's team now soon. We'll discuss about his captain since he doesn't own Kane. So, but first, LR, your team is up. All right. Uh, let me just get that. Up uh, for the benefit of the listeners, I'm going to read out my team in, as my keeper. I have a very good-looking team this week. I have Martinez as my keeper. Uh, in defense, I've got Regulion, Rudiger, Shaw, and Cancelo. In midfield, I've got Havertz, Salah, Bale, and Rafinha. And up front, I have Kane and Bamford. On my bench, I have Antonio and Lukman. Both have decent fixtures at the moment. But this is how I've set it up. At the moment, I've got my armband on Kane, and I'm looking to save a transfer unless uh, uh, Regulion is injured. In that case, I either hold him for this game week or I get another uh, Chelsea defender in the. Yeah. I get Alonso. So that's that's where I am in terms of transfers at the moment. I'm I'm really really looking to target Jota as well. I'm looking at the first opportunity to get him. Uh, so those are the things that are on my mind. I'm, I think I'm going to sell Bale next week, and if it looks very negative for Bale this week as well, I might get rid of him. Uh, would you play Antonio over any of these guys? That's what moment? I'm just having a look. Maybe over Reguilón. Maybe over everyone, you think? Because Wilson and Almiron and probably Saint Max are going to be back as well for Newcastle. So they could nick one goal. Yeah, I think Newcastle would nick a goal. They I'd have to, right? Game. They have to go for something at least at home. They're in such a bad position. If they concede, they have to at least try to score a goal. And I don't know. But Bakar, again, if if Rex is starting, he's starting on that left hand side I where know, I'm aware. Newcastle... I'm aware. I'm aware. But I think Newcastle will score once. Yeah. yeah. Particularly if Maximan or Wilson are back. If you had to play one of Antonio or Regulon, who would you play? Antonio, yeah. And or I can bench Cancelo. Like you wouldn't be surprised if Leicester nick one goal against that City defense. I, I don't think it's a bad shot benching Cancelo as well. What do you thought? What are your thoughts there? Uh, he has the upside. I mean, if if uh, if he gets any kind of an attacking return, that's a twelve point or fifteen yeah, point. Yeah, right? ceiling for just you not keep like this is just keep a clean sheet in a one nil. He's the most likely to get those three bonus points. His baseline exactly. bonus is very good. The upside it doesn't really make it worth it. Alright, cool. Yeah, so that's where I am at the moment. I probably start Antonio above one of the two defenders, especially after looking at those Wolves defensive stats. So I think I make yeah, that switch definitely. Antonio is fully rested also, so that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I'm going to be playing a 3-4-3 this week and start Antonio over either Cancelo or Regolion. Right. Bakar, you have to Yep. Uh, I have Martinez in goal. Uh, Cancelo, Rudiger, Shaw, Son, Fernandez, Salah, Rafinha, captain at the moment, Bamford, Calvert-Lewin and Watkins. Um, on the bench, I have Gundogan, Diaz and Workman, and this is worrying because I can see a lot of bench points for my team, particularly for. I'm I'm extremely cautious about. Um, I'm worried about uh, Gundogan and Diaz, and that's something I am not too sure about. But I might change the order. I might play Gundogan over Watkins, but I'm not mm. sure um, right now. I definitely do that if Grealish is unfit. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. I like how Smith said he's going to be definitely fit. Nobody believes him. Nobody believes. I love that thread. Column Hayes on Twitter yeah, who does yeah. the. He did a thread of uh, Dean Smith quotes about Jack Grealish for the past nine gaming. So it was such an enjoyable read. I, I I want all of you that are on Twitter to check that thread out. It's brilliant. How his statement changes every week. It's, it's, does it's does it beat uh, Glenn Potter's um, his his uh, his Star- Tarek Lamptey quotes. Tarek Lamptey's yeah, quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does. It does. You should give it a shot. It's it's. So I think with Lamptey, it was actually genuine. Here is just like you know Smith just talking out of his ass. Yeah, exactly. For no reason. So Bakar, and he went out also. I'm surprised why people said, "Oh, two month injury, one month injury, all yeah, that." It looks yeah, like exactly. he's gonna be fit. Yeah, I think he'll be fit for the Leeds game next week. Well, why do managers do this? I, I don't even get the point of it. Like, because they, they live uh, in the real world, not the fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. Coming to back to my team, do you guys think uh, the the bench order is correct? Yeah, I would probably like you said I'd play Gundogan over Watkins, but otherwise that's a bench. If you want to keep that bench that way, that's the order I would put it in. But is there a game plan, Bakar? Not this week, next week, week after that. Not sure. I'm not sure. I'm just who would make way? Who would make way to get Kane? Right? How much money do you have in the bank? I have um, two point seven. So to like to upgrade Bamford to Kane, you need another like two million, right? He's going to upgrade DCL to Kane at some point, I think. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to sell Son, Salah, or, or Bruno, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, all all my three forwards. The problem is that uh, Cavaloon has a good fixture this week. Bamford has a good fixture this week, and Watkins has a good fixture this week. No, this week is so, fine. I'm just wondering what your long term plan is for Kane. You're probably going to have to lose a heavy hitter. Definitely, that's that's what I'm going to do, and that's why I want to save as well. Because uh, if I'm looking to bring Kane in, then then with two feet transfers, that's that's likely to be the plan. It's going to be a bit tricky, also, right? Because you're going to be next week mm, as well. Bringing in Kane also a little bit tricky now, because I'm just noticing you have what one, two, three, four players who are already blank in 33, right? So that's a balancing act. You're bringing in a player who's blanking that week. So you have to manage exactly. that. Have, oh, but he he has a double game week in the future as well. So he's gonna get him at some point. Now, correct, correct. If, I'm just if, saying. If, if Kane has a double in 32, I mean, there's no way you're not gonna go without him. Like, Precisely. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. my point. But that's a, it's a balancing act to get players out in 33 as well. That's all I'm saying. You yeah, have to yeah, ma- you have to manage sure. your transfers yeah. carefully. It's it's a lot easier for me because I still have the freight in the back pocket, and I'm likely going to play it in 33 unless we get news about uh, the whole thing later, which yeah. is why it's not on my thing on my head. Yeah, you know, for you, so you this is exactly what I want to save as well, so that we get more information regarding the schedule uh, as Correct. well. Correct. That's I absolutely okay. agree because once you get information about the double, then you'd probably sell Salah Fernandez rather than Sun. Otherwise, exactly. you sell Sun stuff like that. Are you convinced on Rafinha, captain? Um. I think I think I will be going that route. I'm I'm very positive about Leeds. This I don't mind it. I think no, it's, a, it's good a good shout. shout. I think I definitely. Oh, I'm looking at everybody else in your team. The only other player I'd probably look at is Sun. Yeah. Just a stat, like Bakar mentioned as well. Like so, Sheffield United in the last six matches, they conceded 24 big chances. The next worst defense is Wolves at 16 big chances. That's Dang. how drastic the differences in terms of yeah. Sheffield United conceding. That's huge. Yeah, I'm worried huge, about not huge. owning Bamford this week. Right, I'll just go through my team. And yeah. lo and behold, Bakar, we have the same players again. <laughs> As always. <laughs> it's Martinez in goal. Rudiger. How did it come to this? Uh-huh. <laughs> Martinez, Rudiger, Cancelo, Shaw, Rafinha, Sun, Salah, Bruno, Gundogan, DCL and Kane. So, What's the thinking? Looking to save the transfer? Save the transfer. I've got Diaz, White and Brewster on the bench. So... Looking to save a transfer this week, next week, pro- see, phase out one of the City players, probably Cancelo or Gundogan. Or right. yeah, it sounds like yeah. a good plan. I, I've got yeah. 1.5. Sorry? Yeah, go, go on. I was saying I've got 1.5 in the bank, so I've got Brewster to Ian Acho penciled in for next week. That way I can bench Rafinha against Man City. Yeah, like that. 
That's just wanted to actually mention what I was talking about was with regards to Bakar. The FPL community needs to be really, really grateful uh, because he's spending so much time re- writing that elaborate, long, stats-focused review that I think he leaves his he he leaves his personal FPL team on the back seat and on the back burner because Bakar is always figuring out what to do with his team after he's done with the review and when. And then that's when he, there's a little bit of chaos and confusion happening yep. at the moment. So, so I, I think it's admirable that he's doing yeah. so much for the community in terms of he's putting that first above his own FPL team. So I just four thousand to... words every week and the all nighters. I know every morning yeah. I message Bakar good morning. He's like, bro, I haven't slept. <laughs> good night. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Night. yeah. Those, those those that those that aren't aware. I mean, that's the conversation we're having. We're always joking about how Bakar's. Uh, on Pakistan standard time, but the time difference is like 12 hours because Bakkar is always awake at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock in the morning, our time, because he's writing and doing the review for you guys. So, yeah, you guys need to thank him for that when you're wishing him. Oh, I mean, I'd like to thank you guys for your kind words and for for helping me out once I'm done with the review because, uh, you know, panic stations set in and that's when I usually <laughs> calls off and, and yeah, I yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah. that's a shame because Bakkar, you did those bloody stats. So, it's all yeah, in your I head. It's just your brain is so tired of... T- I, I don't have time to, you know, think about my my team i'm usually mm. exhausted yeah. i'm like okay just what do you suggest shout out to your friend hamza as well i'm sure he's also putting in a lot of tough hours yeah for sure yeah for sure for sure exactly right uh he captained uh, i was very happy for him just when while we were talking about hamza when mares came in with that huge haul hamza had him as captain as it was a good week for him that's right. yeah, for sure. That's yeah. and he he sold gun again, so that was that a very was a ballsy call. I I slated him after the deadline as to why he was doing it, and like he was like, "You'll find out later," and that's what mm-hmm. happened. I like that. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it from us for this week. Uh, just remember that the winner in game week thirty one. In case you want to, if you have not much to play for, if you're Kiwi, you want to set your team up. So that it's ideal for Gaming 31 because you're going to win a shout out from Scott Starris, who's a New Zealand cricketing legend. Uh, and that's it from us. Uh, hope you have a great, great day tomorrow, Bakar. And uh, do share pictures, especially about your Netflix and chill sessions. I'm, I'm curious to know about that. Less Netflix, more chilling. <laughs> of course. Right. See you guys uh, next week. Oh, also, also, completely forgot. Bakar, it's your birthday. Why don't you just tell them to give you a gift by at least liking and subscribing? To yeah, that that'd be awesome. I mean, please like and, and subscribe to the channel. Your support uh, means a lot to us. So, uh, yeah, please please like and subscribe to the channel and and keep supporting us. Thank you for watching. Thank right. you. See you guys. Take care. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.